Let's talk about uh, this weekend. How, how was it? How was the weather for you? <laughs> how was it? It was cold. I was in Pennsylvania where it was pretty much five degrees. I'm pretty sure the news said it was going to be 30 below zero. 30 below zero. Wow. Yeah, it was cold. I Cambria think. is from L.A. and she's in 30 <laughs> below zero. What about you, Natalie? cold in Chapel Hill, but Cambria's got me beat. Yeah, so you were in Philly and you said it was, what, 5 degrees? It was around 5 degrees. You would go outside and, uh, like I said, you could not breathe. It was cold. Yeah, anything below, like, 45 here, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I go home immediately. Welcome to the East Coast. Alright, alright, alright. So we had some great, great basketball. Did you guys get all get a chance to take a look at what was going on? Absolutely did. It was a, it was a weekend. Uh, a lot of good games going on and we're finding out more as the season unfolds which is exciting get to see more from both of our teams so yeah I think that Duke and Carolina really showed out this weekend a lot to talk about so I'm looking forward to getting to it all right so you ready to do this yeah you ready to do this yeah let's do this (laughs) we're going to kick off this telecast and talk about Zion Williams has he done enough should he hang up his Jordans Correction, his Nikes. He he did not earn that privilege. He does not play at UNC, so we're gonna cut that one. It's it's his Nikes. His Nikes. His so, Nikes. so should he take Scottie Pippen's advice and just stop playing and get ready and prepare for the NBA draft? We're gonna start with Cambria Harlow. Cambria, give us your thoughts. No, he's not gonna feed into this whole frenzy. He knows that the team needs him, and he even said that. He'd be letting down his teammates. He'd be letting down Coach K. He'd be letting down all these people. And if he wanted to sit out, he would. He wouldn't have gone to college. And he said that I came to Duke to play. So drop the mic. End of discussion. He's not doing it. He's not doing it according to Cambria. But Natalie, give me your opinion. Well, you got to look at this from the standpoint of Zion played college basketball knowing that he was not going to get anything from this. So the NCAA is making money off him. ESPN is making money off him. He has all this hype surrounding himself, and he's not getting any return. So does he probably want to go to the league as soon as possible? Absolutely. And like Scottie Pippen said, you know, he already probably has the biggest shoe deal in his corner. He's going to be the number one draft pick. One billion dollars. Yeah, he it's already all in the bag for him, but until the NBA takes away age restrictions and these players can get drafted out of high school, you're going to see a conversation like this every single year. Do I think he's actually going to sit out? No. Do I think it could be a good idea? Yeah. Especially because the only thing, like Scotty said, that could hurt him right now is if he gets injured and his career is so much more than his one year at Duke. So, Cambria, Back to you. Are you stating your opinion based on your love for Duke, your appreciation for the team? But 
is it best for Zion? What's best for Zion, and why should he stay in school? It's best for Zion. Whatever's best for Zion is what Zion decides he should do, and he's saying, I'm going to stick with my team. I'm going to play for Duke, and that's the end of it. I don't think that any of our opinions should change how he feels. If he feels he should stay, he should. I don't think... You can... You can debate this topic of whether or not he should stop, uh, hang up the Nikes, and go prepare for the NBA. But the truth of the matter is, he's not going to, and I think we should just respect that. Okay, but he's not going to because he doesn't have a choice. He can't just go right to the league right now. He has to play at Duke. So if he could go right out of high out of high school, he probably would have. But he just, it's not possible. So right now he's doing excellent marketing work for Duke, talking about the brotherhood every other sentence. And, I mean, he's playing his part, but he's not getting anything out of this right now. I mean, the hype is probably fun, but college basketball is not helping him. He already, if he sat out today and never played another game at Duke, he would still be the number one. What is the Duke platform doing for Zion Williams? Cambria, tell us what they're doing. Well, you hear Zion, you hear Duke, or you think Duke. You hear college basketball, you think Duke. Duke is one of the best basketball schools in the country, so you are already getting a lot of attention. So Duke basketball just promotes you no matter what. See, Zion's brand is not partial to Duke. No matter where Zion would have gone, he would have gotten the same media attention. So I don't think Duke largely plays into Zion Williamson's brand because, like I said, no matter where he went, the hype would still surround him. So does it help that it's Duke? Maybe, but I think ESPN would have given, say he went to Arizona State, they would have given Arizona State the 9 p.m. game. They are going to give him prime time wherever he goes because he's going to generate press, he's going to generate views, he's Zion Williamson. Well, if you're on the West Coast, then your games start later. So your 7 o'clock games are 10 o'clock. Going to Duke University, your 7 and 9 o'clock games are 9 o'clock because that's called East Coast time. So there is a East Coast bias for players looking for branding, looking for exposure. Cambria, is Duke doing anything for him? Tell us what he's doing, what they're doing. I mean, Duke is just giving him all that exposure because of the time frame. People are going home after work. 7 o'clock is usually the prime time for people to be home and watch TV because they're trying to kick back, relax, watch some games. Duke is at an advantage, especially especially with Zion playing. See, but none of this is Duke-specific. No matter where he went, people would watch his games. You could argue that he is more popular than 90% of players in the NBA right now. People would tune in to watch Zion. It doesn't matter if it was two hours later or two hours earlier than they'd hope. People would tune in. So, Cambria says that Duke is giving him exposure. Natalie says that Zion's giving Duke the exposure. Zion is the exposure. (laughs) So we're going to just leave it at that. Let's travel down the road to UNC. We're going down Tobacco Road. And UNC had an impressive weekend. They had three freshmen on the court. Uh, Kobe White scored 27 points. Nasir Little had 23 points for a career high. And Leaky Black was instrumental in Carolina's win. Uh, Natalie, tell me what you think about this weekend. 
Yeah, so we're seeing some really exciting stuff here from UNC. It was great to get a dominant win um, in this top 11 matchup, but what's more impressive is that you're seeing some true freshmen really lead the floor for Carolina, and having Nasir Little become more consistent and, and scoring 23 points and having Kobe log 27, it just looks very promising as the season is unfolding. What do you think, Kimber? Listen, it ain't Duke, but I do have to give them props. The freshmen did kill it this weekend. They outperformed the majority of the veterans on that floor. So does Nasir deserve to start, Cambria? What do you think? Based on your eyes. You know what? It doesn't matter who starts. It's about who finishes, and I think that Nas showed that. It's about who finishes. What do you think, Natalie? I think he's he's playing well in this role that uh, Coach Roy Williams has, has set for him. I mean, He's getting more minutes increasingly as he is getting more consistent, so I wouldn't be surprised if he started in the future, but if it's not broke, don't fix it. If it's he's doing well now, coming in off the bench, then keep it that way. Okay, so if we played the Duke-Carolina game today, who wins? Cambria. Duke, 100%. Why? Why does Duke win? They just have a stronger team. They got Zion Williams, and I mean, we just talked about this. This man is the best player in the country. R.J. Barrett helping him out. Trey Jones, when he comes back, they're going to be a dominant team. Obviously, if we play them today, we won't have Trey Jones. But I think even with just R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson, they could beat Carolina easily. Well, somebody, some people think that Kobe White is the best UNC point guard since Kenny Smith. This guy gets to the rack. What do you think, Natalie? I think... Simply put, no matter how much star power Duke has, Cambria, (laughs) anything can happen in a rivalry game. All right, all right, all right. So, Natalie, Carolina win based on what you saw last night? I mean, based on what I saw last night, it's getting better. We're not where we need to be in March. We're not where we need to be to win a rivalry game. But we're getting better, and we're having players sit into their role more and get more consistent. And if that continues to happen, then, yeah, we can beat you. So are you buying into voice philosophy? It's not about what happens in November, December, January. It's what happens in March. Are you buying in? Absolutely, because this right now is still developmental. These players have not played on the same team together, on the same floor together for that long. I mean, they're, they're all getting more comfortable. They're all seeing various roles. You see, you know, Leaky Black playing multiple different positions. Same with Nasir. They're still figuring things out and working out kinks, and in March we're going to be a different team. Cambria, is Duke getting better? Well, Yes, but I think they're going to have – like I said before in the last podcast, without Trey Jones, it's going to be a bit of a challenge. They're going to have to continue this new rotation with players different trying different positions. But I think when Trey Jones comes back, they're going to be the best team in the country. Okay, so when we play that game in February, February is the game, and then the next one is March 10th, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Is it going to split? Or we gonna... Anything can happen in a rivalry game. <laughs> Anything. As we learned from last year when we thought that Duke was going to beat UNC, what did, what happened? UNC came out. I mean, there's just, there is no telling. It's going to be a wonderful game. I hope that all of Duke's stars are healthy. I want everyone in that game so that when we win, there's no excuses. All right. So we're expecting a barn burner next month, and we're excited to see that. Let's get to the next topic. Cambria, let's talk about last night's game, Duke versus Pitt, Jason Capel versus Coach K. 
it was an emotional game. You could see there was emotional emotions between the coaches. I looked on Twitter, Instagram, saw Grant Hill said torn um, because he wanted to root for his friend, but he was trying to root for his alma mater. Was there any strife between Coach K and Jason Cable? I don't think so. I think that when you come into a, you know when you're a basketball coach and you're going to play against someone that you know, it's just, just it's a competition. It's just a game. And I know that Coach K said last night in the press that, yeah, he was a little sad, but at the same time, he, he's got to love his team before he loves someone else. He said, I got to love myself before I love someone else. So it's just saying that, you know, he doesn't, he hates losing. So he, he's going to want to win no matter what. If any of you guys have noticed, Jeff Capel is the only Duke player that's left Coach K's bench that has taken a job in conference. What's telling about that? Is that saying that Jeff knew he would not be the next Duke coach? Cambria, what do you think? I think it's too early to tell, to be honest. I think he took a head coaching job because financial. You're going to get paid more as a head coach than you are going to get as an assistant coach. And I think that to talk about, you know, who's going to replace Coach K when he leaves, I don't think he's leaving anytime soon. So to kind of talk about, you know, who, what, what potential coaches are out there to take over this Duke team, it's hard to say. I know that there's some prospects, but I don't think, I don't think Jeff Cable was really thinking about that. It could have been more of a financial choice. So why did he turn down the uh, Georgia Tech job? To me, the Georgia Tech job is a better position. It's a better position. It's Atlanta. You can recruit better players if you're going to compete in conference. I think Jeff Capel knew that the handwriting was on the wall, that he was not going to be the next coach. What do you think? I mean, he didn't... I I have no idea why he didn't choose Georgia Tech over Pitt, but... He went with Pitt, so that's that's his decision. All right, let's switch over to Carolina. We're talking about the next coach. We talked about Jeff Capel taking a job in conference. I think it precludes him from getting the job, but um, and I think those guys like Bobby Hurley, who are out in the Pac-10, all the different Wojciechowskis in the Midwest, I think they're really being set up for the job and the guys that are on his bench. So let's switch over down to Tobacco Road, and let's talk about Roy Williams. You know, 67-year-old, there's a bunch of guys vying for the job. I think Jason Capel is the assistant coach at Pitt because he's thinking about that Carolina job. Uh, Jerry Stackhouse is over in the NBA thinking about that Carolina job. Natalie, tell us about who do you think will be the next coach at Carolina? Hubert Davis? So, I, you know, I don't know when Coach Roy is going to leave. I think he'll be around a, a while as well. But, you know, for me, one of my front runners is, like you said, Jerry Stackhouse. So he's an assistant with the Memphis Grizzlies right now. Uh, he was the 2017 G League Coach of the Year. You saw him play 18 seasons in the NBA. But more importantly, he was a Tar Heel. And he was a great one. Um Jerry Stackhouse has been in the program. You know, I think they're going to want to pull from the Carolina family that they are so prideful about. But I think he would be a wonderful next head coach. I think he's definitely in the mix of prospects right now. And I think he has a resume for it. So let me ask you a question. If we had a guy like Jerry Stackhouse in the cockpit of UNC basketball, would we have landed Zion Williams? I mean, there's no telling, but maybe. He would certainly shake things up, and he would change around the program, and I think it'd be very interesting to see what having a coach like Jerry Stackhouse would do to the current culture of the program. 
Let's talk about age. Let's talk about the two coaches on Tobacco Road. Roy Williams is 68 years old. Coach K is 71 years old. Um, the question is, when will they retire? There's a lot of guys jockeying for position. Uh, let's start with Cambria. Coach K is 71 years old. When do you think he will retire? I don't think he's retiring anytime soon. I don't think that this coaching job is a job. I think it's more of a family. The way he talks about his team, about the boys individually, he sees them as his sons pretty much. So I think that if he were to leave, retire, then it would be losing a huge part of him, and I, I just don't see him retiring anytime soon. Okay, Natalie, what about Roy, 68 years old? When do you think he's going to hang up the boots? He just got a new contract. Tell me what your thoughts are. Yeah, I don't think he's he's vying to leave the program anytime soon. If I were him, I would die on the job personally. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see him going anywhere. And I think you kind of see in in college basketball, and maybe they're redefining it as well. But you know, age is not as you know imperative of a factor as in maybe college football. I think it's it's more of a demanding job in college football. But like Cambria mentioned, both of these are are family cultures and. You know, you do see some older coaches in college basketball. So my answer to your question is not anytime soon. Okay, looking forward to this weekend and next Tuesday, Duke and Carolina both play Georgia Tech. What will we learn from those games? We're going to start with Cambria. I think we're just going to – Duke's been playing a pretty – Pretty good teams the past few games, subtracting Pitt since they, you know, kicked their butts. But I think that Duke is just going to play their game. I think it will just be another, to me, another practice game for them when they play against Tech. I kind of think Georgia Tech will be a good way. Since both Duke and UNC are playing the same squad, I think that, you know, assuming Georgia Tech plays a pretty consistent game both times, it'll be a great way to break down both Duke and UNC's rosters without them necessarily playing each other. You're going to get to see how they both perform against the same team back-to-back, and I think it'll be a good indicator of what we can expect in a month when Duke and UNC play. Yeah, so I think Twitter is going to erupt uh, Saturday when Duke plays uh, Georgia Tech, and then I think it's going to erupt again when Carolina plays. Um, so based on those results, there's going to be some comparison. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it'll be the closest indicator to what we can expect when they play, and you know, although it's early, this is a fun way to kind of see where they match up. Okay, Valerie fans, thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace. All right. And this episode was brought to you by the Blue Blood Robbery 5K Road Race. The Blue Blood Robbery 5K Road Race will run on March 9th in Meadowmont Village in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Join us at 8.30 a.m. You can sign up at BlueBloodRivalryRun.com. I'll say that one more time. BlueBloodRivalryRun.com. See you guys next week. Peace.